0: Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Breakthrough Research podcast delivered by the Industry and Innovation Research Institute at Sheffield Hallam University. My name is Yvonne Armitage and I'm an Innovation Manager at the University. Today I'm joined by Professor Chris Salmon who is the Head of the Polymers, Nanocomposites and Modelling Research Centre. Welcome Chris. Hi there. Good to have you. And we will be exploring for people that don't know what nanocomposites are and how you model these a little bit more so in case you haven't listened to one of our research institute podcasts before we're going to give you an insight into some of the exciting research that we do in the various departments and research centers of the industry and innovation research institute which are many now we've tried to make this short and sweet so that on your lunch break or your morning or afternoon cup of time we want to be part of that break so screens down and tune in to learn so much more about not only new and exciting research, but the journeys behind the researchers to their current roles. In order to comply with social distancing rules right now, we are making the recording by a digital platform with simple equipment that we have at home. And actually we might be, get help from family members such as small children or adorable pets. The episode you are listening to now was recorded on the 25th of February, 2021. So Chris, as a, as a start off, then how did you get to your role? You know, what is your journey um, to becoming professor of a research centre?
1: Okay, so um, so I'm quite uh, unusual in so much as um, I actually did my PhD uh, within the same institution, Sheffield Helm University, actually in the same department. Um, so I'm I'm kind of a, a homegrown. Um, scientist so I, I started off as I, said, I did my PhD in 97 um, using um, a, 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 a method called infrared spectroscopy looking at polymers so polymers are um, basically molecules which are made up of, uh, of, of small units called monomers and joined together and these are millions of units long um quite ubiquitous so um, you know wide range of materials uh, and I was I was interested in uh, the material that makes up uh, pop bottles, um, so it's a polyethylene terephthalate, um, uh, and I, so I I did a PhD on that. Um, kind of liked me, so I uh, so they kept me on, and I did uh, started working with some of the other um, some of the other uh, team members, um, doing a little bit of consultancy, um, and started to do some independent research. Um, so my independent research, I've moved away from um, my, my initial uh, research interests of, uh, of, of standard polymers and I started working with pharmaceutical industry, um, looking at drug delivery and actually interested in the matrices, so the, so the, the non-active part of uh, tablets, for example. So uh, it's not the thing that, uh, that cures you, but the thing that actually carries the thing that cures you. Um, and so I was interested in that, and I, I I've had a reasonable amount of success with that. Uh, and then started working on uh, other types of polymer materials, um, which has kind of taken up probably the last ten years of my research. Uh, has been around um, hydrogels and, and working with uh, with biologists and cell biologists, um, looking at um, I, I guess fixing fixing the body and uh, and and. And as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm working on things which can help uh, aging people as well. And so, so yeah, so that, that's kind of where I'm at now or, or, or how I've arrived at where I'm at.
0: Fantastic. So quite a lot of stuff there that you've mentioned. So in terms of polymers, obviously you said you started off with um, pot bottles and moved on to hydrogels. So what, what, what are these materials made from I and mean, in, in terms of what is a hydrogel?
1: okay so so a hydrogel is basically a a polymer it's probably probably better if i start with what's a polymer first so as i said so 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 a polymer is a long chain uh of smaller subunits which are known as monomers um and and uh, honestly these are so ubiquitous that people will 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 be aware of polymers without necessarily being aware of polymers so if you think about wood contains cellulose so cellulose is a polymer um, if you're wearing cotton, cotton's a polymer. If you're wearing wool, wool's a polymer. If you're wearing um, nylons, um, then uh, I'm, I'm not wearing nylons, by the way. Um, if you're wearing nylons, then uh, nylon uh, is a polymer. Um, and so, so, so it's basically these, these, these long chain molecules. Now, a hydrogel is a particular type of polymer or a particular, particular group of polymers that contains a large proportion of water. So typically 90% water. And again, hydrogels are, 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 are fairly common as well. So you use hydrogel type materials uh, as, as nappy fillers. So the absorbent in a nappy, for example, uh, would, be a, would be a quite a common hydrogel. Um, and, and there is quite a nice environment for cells to grow in and, and other things to grow in as well.
0: Fantastic, so I'm glad to hear that you're not wearing nylons. I think. Um, in terms of that so we obviously from hydrogels you talked about nappies and what are the advantages of a hydrogel as opposed to uh, from a functionality perspective as opposed to say the plastic that you'd wrap around your food
1: okay so it's actually this 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 ability to to absorb water or to, uh, to store water so we we use um hydrogels in in our research um because the the nature of of a hydrogel containing large amounts of water is analogous to um, tissue that you might find in the body. So, so the fact that it's got mechanical properties uh, and some chemical similarities to materials that you might find in the body um, allows it to actually integrate into the body in some of the applications that we use it for. So, it's this this kind of similarity, both in terms of, as I say, mechanical and structural properties. Um, a microstructure, as well as the chemistry, that, that, that kind of really lends itself to to some of the interesting applications that we use.
0: Yeah, that sounds you know very sensible to using materials that's biocompatible, if you like, or things that, as you say that aren't going to impact on our on our functioning. So, in in terms of as you said, um, you did your PhD, then you did independent research. So, tell us, how do you actually come up with that research? You know, how did you? think right okay this is the area i want to
1: work in yeah i mean that, that's a really interesting question it's actually quite a the answer is it serendipity plays a, a great part um so i um uh, i'm quite a, an outgoing person i'm um i'm i'm, I'm a reasonable networker uh, but in so much as i do most of my networking um, of so socially so i'm uh, uh, at, at at meetings, I'm I'm sort of quite a jovial character, and I'll have a chat with people. and And kind of one of the things is you, you always well for me anyway. I always want to work with people I get on with. Um, I, I you know, and I've said this uh, previously um, to other people that you actually you spend more time uh, with people uh, who you work with and who you uh, interact with at work than you do with your family. Sometimes you know, and so you can you can be going away for periods of time. So it's got to be somebody you get on with. So sometimes you, you just click with somebody and there's something that just sparks your interest. Um, so, you know, how did I um, sort of uh, arrive and come up with the ideas? Well, you, you just, you know, you, you look at things, you observe things, you start to think about things. And, and then every now and then you, you kind of chance upon something which is uh, both interesting, exciting, and new. Um, and you know, and you know, there is a level of serendipity involved in that, and there's a bit of luck, a bit of chance, uh, and a bit of sort of looking at things perhaps from a slightly different perspective.
0: Yeah, I, I totally get that. I'm a big fan of serendipity because research is definitely that. Is you know, that discovery process. You don't always set out to invent something; it just kind of evolves and happens, right? So in, in, obviously you said, you know, you, you love networking and, and, and socially in particular, and is there any other kind, I would say, and, and especially at work. And obviously we've talked to a few people already. And in terms of collaboration and working with others, you know, we've seen that actually at Hallam, we're very good at collaborating with, um, you know, colleagues, with externals. I mean, can you tell us something about some of the collaborations that you might have?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, um, so I've, I've got a number of collaborations, uh, sort of internally uh, and externally. So um, one of my uh, most successful um, um, and, and most enjoyable collaborations internally is with a, a really uh, a fantastic cell biologist, a lady called Christine Lemaitre. Um, and so, um, so Christine um, has got huge uh, experience in cell biology um, and when she arrived at, at Sheffield Hallam University, she actually um, she was looking for a polymer scientist to 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 work with. She's, she has spent a lot of time looking at um, treating um, degenerative disc disease, which is, a, is something uh, where uh, the, the cell biology changes in the intervertebral disc, which is the kind of the, the shock absorber in your uh, in spine. Um, and she wanted um, somebody to work with who was engaged in working on polymer systems to try and see whether we could come up with some sort of treatment uh, that would combine her expertise in cell biology um, and 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 maybe some you know some some interesting polymer materials that might be able to perhaps uh, replenish the mechanical um, you know the, the loss of mechanical um, um, properties that, that, that happens as we age uh, but might also provide an environment where where cells would would be able to proliferate and, uh, you know, and repair the, uh, the, the, the intervitable disc.
0: So um, in terms of, to, to go back to the hydrogel um, story, Chris, I mean, how did you actually get started in the hydrogels? We've talked about the fact that, you know, in terms of getting into the research and serendipity playing a part, but, you know, you've obviously continued your interest in hydrogels, you know, with, um, Professor lemaître tell us a bit more about the actual kind of work that you've been doing there.
1: Okay, so the, so the start of this is actually there's a sort of a mildly amusing story in so much as um, so I, I, I at the time I was interested in drug delivery and I was interested in water interacting with polymers uh, and I had um, a, a, a person who I'd met a few times at conferences a guy called Steve Rimmer who's a head of chemistry at Bradford now um, and he and I, um, you know, it's fair to say we both enjoyed a beer. And we were at a conference in, uh, in Dresden and uh, the bar we were in had closed and we decided we'd try and find another bar. And so Steve and I um, sort of embarked round Dresden looking for a bar. Uh, by about three o'clock in the morning, we realised that Dresden was shut. But we'd been chatting so much about our mutual interest. And we kind of knew him and he knew me, but we hadn't really... Discovered things, and by the end of this sort of walk round, a we'd sobered up, and b we'd come we'd come to uh, around to the uh, the agreement that we were going to work together in on on something that involved water and polymers. Uh, Steve at the time was working on uh, on on some hydrogel type materials, and I was interested in in hydrogels and using the things that I knew about uh, water interacting with polymers. And lo and behold, um, sort of three months later, we. Uh, we started up and we, uh, we we had a project and we got a phd student in and that was the first phd student of, of mine who was working on hydrogels and towards the end of that project um we, we sort of discovered a few other things and uh, and things kind of cascaded on from there and uh, and moved on so that was kind of the introduction to hydrogels in general but not necessarily the hydrogels that i viewed with christine
0: but again evidence that that networking is so important in terms of developing partnerships and collaborations right and you know it's definitely who you know sometimes what what you know type of thing so in terms of going back to the early days then in terms of your study in science I mean what who inspired you to to think right do you know what I want to be a scientist or a chemist
1: do you know, again that's an interesting question so I, so I think my um probably the person so i mean i'm sure most people say oh he's a school teacher and actually it was um i was quite um i was quite like science anyway um i think my i think my brother when i when i was about six my brother got a uh, one of these little chemistry kits uh, for christmas uh, and he was never interested he preferred going around you know hating people usually me um and i uh and i sort of quite liked this little uh chemistry kit and i kind of liked doing some of the experiments with it and that was so I was, yeah, I was probably like six, seven or something like that. And then uh, when I started secondary school, uh, there was a, a chemistry teacher, um, Mrs. Haig. I think she called her uh, Joanne Hague. Um, and she kind of, I don't know, there was something about the way that she delivered chemistry that really kind of got me excited about chemistry. And it was quite, um so so that was kind of the, the I realised that science was was kind of for me. um And, and I, I just decided that... I'd, you know, I never knew what it was, but I, I quite fancied being an academic, and I, did, you know, I didn't, I, had, I didn't know any academics. I didn't know what it was, but it, it kind of just sounded really cool. I thought, oh, yeah, I'd be an academic, do a bit of science, be a chemist, and 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 kind of that's that's, that's kind of the the pursuit that I did. I as I have, I've always enjoyed science. I still do. I get engaged in um, in sort of science activities outside of uh, you know uh, outside of work. I'm I'm involved in. Uh, so science in the pub and uh, sceptics in the pub and, and these sorts of, it seems to be pubs involved in quite a lot of these, isn't it? Um, but, you know, I, I, I just think that, um, you know, you, you don't need to stop learning just because you're no longer engaged in, you know, you're at school or you're not at university anymore. And, you know, uh, adults and, and, and older people can still learn. I mean, we're all learning all the time. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, so I guess, you know, just, just science, I mean, science is pretty good. You know, we're, we're sat talking to each other on the internet because science and, and scientists have, have kind of, you know, sat down and come over, over a, a a long period of time. People have come up with these fantastic ideas and we're, we're you know, we're, we're miles apart. We're talking to each other pretty much in real time. Science has enabled that, you know. And so, you know, and those kind of, you know, the, the, the wonder of that is just, is just something that, that the meal never die anyway.
0: No, I hear you on that. I spent 20 years doing research and it was just exciting. You know, going in the lab and doing something different every day is, is just fantastic. But unlike you, I was an industrial um, scientist. So, um, in terms of f- from a next step, obviously, you're, you're head of department, which in a moment we'll maybe discover what that entails. Um, but from an ambitions perspective, both personally and for the research, you know, what's next for Chris Salmon's research?
1: Wow, I'd say. It's a bit deep um i don't know i i think i do you know I'm, um it sounds really awful but i'm 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 relatively easily satisfied although I'm, i mean i'm driven to a certain extent um but actually i just i quite enjoyed the journey and so um so i'm as i say i'm really enjoying working with uh, with christine and we've got um you know some some intellectual property uh, that we're trying to develop um so you know you know our our early um conversations um coincided with having a, a very talented um phd student a, a lady called Bicky boys um who, who was part of her project uh, discovered the hydrogel that we've been working on uh, or, or a, a variant of the hydrogel that we've been working on um since then um and and kind of uh, you know so getting uh, the material that's been developed at sheffield hallam into clinic would be would be so, so I suppose if if I had an ambition and that's probably it I think that you know I, I mean um you know i, I in terms of um, the things that I wanted to do in my career I've, I've I've achieved quite a lot of those and you know I was again fancied the idea of being academic being a prof yeah that's pretty cool I like that um you know I, I I've done quite a bit of travel through work which has always been know something i've enjoyed i've I've gone to places i've met really interesting people um you know from varied backgrounds and varied cultures and that's always been really really interesting but you know from a professional perspective um you know perhaps being engaged in a a spin-out company um that has delivered um a a treatment um you know as part of the you know the, the technology that we developed that would be yeah, probably the icing on the cake, really.
0: The ambition is that. So, you just mentioned intellectual property. For our listeners that maybe don't know what intellectual property is, can you maybe just explain a little bit more what you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So, um, so it, w- when we when we make uh, small discoveries, uh, sometimes there's something within these small discoveries that is uh, a, a, well, that's all intellectual property. So it's 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 basically the um, an idea, a concept, a, a design, um, a, a material. Um, if this is new and you want to um, potentially uh, monetize that, so that's pretty much what it comes down to. If you want to protect that so that somebody else can't take your ideas uh, and use them without your permission or without having to uh, recompense you or reward you or acknowledge you, um, then one of the things that um, you know that the university has enabled us to do is to is to protect that idea, and that's uh, that's where you go down the uh, now I I used to call it a patent, and then it became Americanized in my mind. Now call it a pa- I call it a patent, but it's a so it's basically a means of protecting your idea, so that if somebody wants to use um, that idea or that material or, or, or whatever that that thing is that they need to, um, you know, recognise that it was somebody else who made that discovery and, and, and kind of, you know, do the appropriate things to make sure that they're not um, just stealing somebody else's ideas.
0: Yeah, so it sounds very, very sensible for all researchers actively doing research that they think might be commercialisable or, you know, of value to someone is actually to protect it so that you do get some of that value back is what you're saying really then. Yeah. Great. So we mentioned a couple of times, Chris, that you're head of a research centre. So in terms of, you know, what does a research centre um, at Sheffield Hallam look like and, you know, and, and what sort of things do you have to do as head of that centre?
1: OK, so, um, so, so basically at Sheffield Hallam, um, a research centre is essentially a, um, a cluster of um, people who are broadly engaged in related activities. Um, so we've got um, people who are working... To, so my research centre um, has people who are doing um, ceramics, work, work on ceramics and glasses. Um, so these are uh, people like um, um, Paul, uh, Paul Bingham uh, and Antonio Patera, um, and uh, and Howell Jones and they're engaged in, in ceramic type materials um, and, and glasses uh, doing some really interesting work. They're encapsulating uh, nuclear um, waste and, and, and looking at uh, uh, materials um, for uh, body armour and, and things like that. So again, so that's, that's one sort of branch of, 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 the, of the research centre. We've got um, people who do uh, modelling. Now, they don't walk up and down a catwalk, uh, wearing fancy clothes and the modeling that they do um, is they do computer simulations of processes or reactions or motions because um, sometimes actually it's it's pretty much impossible to do every type of experiment it might either be too expensive or it might be too challenging or the time frames might be too quick or it might be that the the length scale so that's how how large it is or the time scale how quick it is or how slow it is Just doesn't lend itself to being, you know, to doing uh, a practical experiment. So we've got people who um, basically do these experiments on computers, uh, and you can use that data to then uh, either guide, you know, you might be, you might use that data to determine what the actual experiment is that you want to do. Um, So we've got we've got guys who are are engaged in um, looking at um, how certain structures form. We've got people who are engaged in looking at uh, how blood flows around the body, uh, around um, arteries which are narrowed, um, you know, so so for you know, preventing heart attacks and those sorts of things. Um, then we've got other people who are engaged in making polymeric materials. So that's probably uh, my my research area. And we've got other um, you know other guys who are, who are make, working on uh, composites and nanocomposites. So uh, so these are polymers that have got other additives embedded within them, um, and, and how they're distributed can can change the properties. So they might make the, the the materials stiffer, they might change the barrier properties. So if you've got a for example a, for example a sandwich wrapper, you might want it to have a very good barrier property so that um, so that moisture doesn't go in, um, or that moisture doesn't go out, so your bread doesn't go. Uh, doesn't go stale or other or um, if you if you put sandwiches together you don't get your ham sandwich smelling of salmon because it's next to the uh, salmon in the fridge or something like that so you know so so you might have something where you change the barrier properties um, you know by putting these nano by putting these composite type materials in there which will basically just make it much more difficult for the molecules to either travel into or out of uh, packaging but there, there are other where's uh, areas where you might use a uh, use composites and so you might just stiffen something up so the uh the, the the plastic bumper of a car is a composite so that's so it's light and it's uh, and, it, and it's impact resistant and things like that Um. Uh, and I, I think that's pretty much covers the, uh, uh, the the kind of work so we've got we've got a number of people who are working um, in these areas so there aren't there aren't just one there isn't just one individual who's working on this He's working in small teams and sometimes larger teams um so and you asked me to i've just on there for quite a while haven't I? um you asked me what does a what does a the head of a research center do so um so i, I tried to herd cats because it's you know one of the things that academics is you know trying to manage academics is like herding cats All these the old. Oh, Oh, it's shiny, it's bright, let me follow that. So there's a little bit of that that goes on. But actually, it's about just, um, you know, sometimes it's just about signing off things. Oh, we want to buy this, we need somebody to sign it off. So there's a bit of that involved. Uh, there's there's uh, been a little bit of mentorship to uh, to some of the, uh, uh, the 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 early career um, people. It's about um, helping people develop their own career. So in terms of um, advice, not necessarily on the discipline, because these... People all know far more about their uh, subject matter than I do, but about you know ideas on what, what might be a good way um, to to manage your time better in order to um, you know to make progression so that you, you you move from being a senior lecturer to a principal lecturer to a, a you know to a professor. So it's it's just those 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 little things, and then you also have to spend time in uh, in sometimes not particularly interesting meetings where you uh, make strategic decisions. About the the areas that you might want to try to support. There's a, there's a few things that you have to uh, try and get stuck into.
0: Sounds pretty full on, does that then? So in terms of that, then, what's your favourite part of your role, and what's your least favourite part?
1: My it, the favourite parts are easy. I absolutely love seeing um, people develop um, intellectually um, and and gain confidence. And I like I see I. I like people who come and 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 develop, and then I don't mind if they go, when they go elsewhere and and continue to flourish. I love that. I've got some uh, um, you know some former students of mine who are doing you know fantastic jobs now elsewhere, doing really really well, um, sort of winning awards, leading groups. I love that. I I I love to see people um, improve. So 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 seeing people develop is is my is the favourite aspect of my job. Um, the thing I I like least uh, paperwork hate it absolutely cannot stand paperwork and and I'm any of our admin team will tell you that I'm awful uh, 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 you know I'm I'm if paperwork's involved undoubtedly I'll be late they'll have to nag me they'll have to pin me down to make sure that I do I I just I don't know I I'm a, I'm not a complete finisher. Um, so when something's 95% done, I'm satisfied at that point, and I'll go and do the next thing. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a shaper. So therefore, um, you know, so doing, usually doing that that, that final report or that, um, you know, or the, uh, you know, or, or when people are searching for for administrative uh, piece of information, that, that, that you know, I'm, I'm terrible at re- responding to those, I'm terrible at that.
0: Yeah, you see, that's probably the difference between academic and commercial research. Is my boss used to tell me if it's not written down, it's not happened. So uh, yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I, I guess a lot of people can understand that, you know, in terms of the admin. So in terms of Chris, um, you know, you personally, when you're not working, it sounds like you've got a very, f- you know, full-on sort of working week. What what do you do to relax outside of work?
1: So I've got two outside of work. I've got two. Uh, major passions. So one is football. Um, I am uh, a Barnsley football club season ticket holder. Um, so I get to watch them on TV at the moment. Uh, but but ordinarily I uh, I'll go and watch those uh, watch Barnsley with my uh, with my daughters. Um, and I'm also a football coach. So I um, I coach at uh, Penniston Church um girls and ladies um and so my, i've got two two daughters um I, I probably should have said that my daughters are my yeah, uh, my family but I'm, a, I'm i'm a family man but i, but I also uh you know we, we 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 enjoy football and both my both my daughters play football and i i, I get involved in the in the coaching of that um so yeah i've always been, been been keen on football and the other thing i uh i like music i like listening to music i like going to uh to see bands, uh, I play guitar and sing, I'm in a band myself. And uh, so, so yeah, so music and, uh, and sport are my, uh, are, are my hobbies and pastime, but my, my family are the most important thing, yeah. uh, which, which should have come first, uh, and does come first, actually, in fairness.
0: Well, obviously, and w- would we see you um, singing or your band performing at any student events on campus?
1: Yeah, well, we, we uh, d- yeah, well, I, I, as well as being in my, uh, my, my actual band, this is uh, Wild Salmon, um, Dave Wild and, and me as Chris Salmon, we, we, we formed a, a two piece originally, Wild Salmon. Couldn't think of anything better. We've now got a rhythm section. Um, but I'm also uh, involved in, um, in, a, in a, a university uh, once a year band, which is, um, at one point we were called Three Profs No Piano which is a, a pun on the, the support band who used to be on the BBC on one of the, the shows. But now it's um, three profs and Jim. So Jim is, uh worked in, in IT within the university uh, and he, he does percussion. And that's with, um, uh, Professor Wayne Cranton, um, and Professor Roger Eccleson uh, and Jim Priestley, um, who is in percussion. Actually, Wayne Cranton's a really, uh, really good musician, uh, and I have to say something really positive about Roger because he's he's the big boss, isn't he? So Roger's yeah, Roger's fantastic at bass. Um, but yeah, we uh, we we tend to get together and do a a, a load of uh, a lot of covers. Um, we'll be trying. To, well, we'll be doing something for this year's Shoe Fest as well. Um, we're we're actually in the process of putting together a uh, a, a video of, of one of the covers that we do. Uh, happy hour, ironically. Um, the uh, House Martin song. Uh, so yeah, so we, we we get together and do that and that's, that's quite good fun. Well, there's probably videos kicking around of, uh, of us uh, butchering uh, songs that you probably heard of but not, not done in that way, I think. So yeah, it's something that we uh, get involved in.
0: So listeners, just head on to our um, website and see if you can find anything. Go on YouTube, see if you can find the, the three profs and, and Jim now. Um, so, we are heading towards the final question for Chris on this particular episode of our Breakthrough podcast. So, Chris, in terms of, obviously, what advice could you give to someone who's interested in your area? You know, how do they get into to to, to doing um, polymer science?
1: Okay, so, I mean, it's, there's, there's nothing... Um, unfortunately, there's nothing really exciting or interesting about how you get into it. It's basically work hard, um, you know, do well, do, do your sciences at school. Um, do a relevant degree, um, you know, be that, um, you know, you can do polymer science degree, you can do chemistry degrees, physics, engineering, um, you know, and and actually it it sounds terrible. Read, um, uh, sort of, you know, read general literature, um, sort of read, um, followed, you know, I'm sure there will be, um, you know, in. I used to watch something called Tomorrow's World way back um, in the uh, 70s and 80s. Um, and that, again, you know, was really exciting for me. But how do you get into polymer science is, is, is you, you have to follow an academic path, really, initially anyway, um, you know, to, to get some basic grounding, some basic fundamental um a scientific background is is absolutely critical because it, um you know without that you kind of um you, you, it, it is is it there are some challenging concepts that that one has to get get a grasp of before you can then start to explore and do some of the exciting and interesting things so unfortunately it's, it's do the leg work do the spade work and then and then start to enjoy
0: i think all good tips. And actually, of course, as we say, many of our um, episodes of our podcast is head along to our website and, you know, take a look at what it is that we do. And if it excites you, if you're um, you know, a student at school, come along to an open day if you fancy studying here or just get in touch with us if you want to learn more as a potential collaborator. So thank you, Chris. It's been really interesting, especially learning about your um, alter ego as Wild Salmon. So um, thank you again for joining us.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: So we hope you enjoyed this episode of our Breakthrough podcast. I won't see you for the next episode. My colleague, Marjorie, she'll be introducing another member of the research team in the Industry and Innovation Research Institute. So greens down and tune in. You won't want to miss it. Bye for now.